All right, we're back. Um, we'll start at number eight of what the black man would do, go on to do at this period. And we're on page 35, the bottom. Drugs, prison, and society dropouts. Naturally, not all black men pick sensible lifestyles grounded in legality. Some gut strung got strung out on drugs like heroin, which was most popular at the time. A few dabbled in LSD, a hallucinatory, hallucinatory drug, used speed or smoked pot, marijuana. The more elite snorted cocaine in a private sense. Everybody experimented with drugs, but some got addicted and declined in productivity, becoming the street animals foraging for money to get their fix. Black men use heroin, intravenously or snorting it, roughing out the terrible stomach pains to get to the high. The more industrious ones sold the drug itself, had big fine hogs, elaborate wardrobe, hostels of fancy women, black and white, and lived surrounded by other black men who served as their flunkies. They had flashy jewelry and sponsored many immoral parties. These black men considered black men not involved in the sick life and square or green. They made little permanent progress despite all the money they handled, as they were not the least bit concerned about preserving black culture, pride, or social advancement. They lived in greedy, underground world of their own. They dragged many wayward black women into their mere filth, yet these were the types of black men portrayed as heroes or role models for young black males in what the critics termed as trendy black exploitation films. The pimps and drug dealing black men were featured as mighty cool sharp dressers who did whatever they wanted to do, regardless of how the man white police felt. Their behavior and fashions were in, in, tem, in imitated by dope black men at that time who tried to dress, walk, or talk like the drug dealing pimps on the screen. Still others tried to get away with committing various crimes like robbery, shoplifting, thuggery, shooting, or murdering people, 99% of whom were black. Many got caught and were awarded stiff prison sentences for their errors in crime. They received jail sentences for outweighing the nature of their crimes. For far outweighing the nature of their crimes, but their tentative guilt and absence of strong legal counsel landed them in prison for many years, many to never be heard from again. They rioted in prison to express their support for the civil rights movements on the streets or organized against prison mismanagement of human life, mainly black male in inmates. Black men studied religion in prison and chose the black Muslim do doctrine because of their disappointment with the white controlled judicial system. Their absence from the community <clears throat> in great and large numbers prevented them from being contributed contributing supportive workers, husbands, and fathers. Prison was much worse in those days, according to respondents. Their aberrant behavior helped to portray and identify black men as dangerous savages who must be isolated from the working public. Their vast numbers in jail implied that they were violent lawbreakers and made others suspicious of the whole of a whole lot of them. Some were shot, killed, or unmercifully are mercifully beaten by police when caught doing wrong. They was not there was not much interest in black men in prison and many blacks felt they got what they deserved for breaking the law. 
Black men police seemed extremely hard on black men perpetrators to prove to the white co-officers their dedication to law and order, no matter what color. Nine and ten of what the black man would do, which is the end of it, developed a lifestyle rooted in social and sexual integration. These black men involved themselves with seeking ways to integrate socially and be the first Negro to accomplish certain goals. They decided that it doesn't matter what color a person is, and all they wanted was a chance to prove themselves and to be left alone to do their own thing. They became the regular, hardworking, apolitical Joe Blow or John Doe. They got a job, got married, reared a family, went to church, enjoyed an occasional night out, went on vacation, voted, and did the best they could do to be unnoticed and fit in with society as best they could, or so they thought. They kept a ready smile for whites, even if they hated them in their private circle of friends. They did their best to please their bosses and taught their children not to be prejudiced. They might support the NAACP and believed in much of Martha Luther King's program. They celebrated all holidays and were not concerned with preserving Black culture um, other than attending family reunions. They exerted no effort to identify themselves as anything other than colored or Negro. It didn't matter in that way. They coined the saying, the good Lord made us all. They sent their children to church to pray to a white God, bought their daughters white dolls, and watched their sons play cowboys and Indians, the good guys and the bad. <clears throat> he hung pictures and portraits of Caucasians in his home, mainly John or Bobby Kennedy. The Jesus picture on his wall seemed to have eyes that followed you around the room, no matter where you stood. If a black man was included, it was Dr. Martin Luther King after his death. Otherwise, it was okay with him if white families appeared on his yearly calendar that hung visibly in his home 365 days year after year, and his full-color Bible contained several pages of holy white people in various settings in the Holy Land. Many felt at odds with the mothers of the children and were not on hand to help raise or train them. And when they did see their children, they did not talk about being black, African culture, or what it takes to be a good black man. They expressed no opposition to what their sons were being taught in school or at home. They left child-rearing mostly to the mothers, the schools, and the church. They felt no compulsion or obligation to reinforce old, outdated, unimportant Black history stories. They themselves had long since disregarded all the Black stuff. Things have not changed much. It was during this period that Black men planted the idea that they, Black men, wanted to be judged and accepted on their individual merits and not counted with or included with other Black men. They did not realize the psychologically that this mode of thinking would isolate and separate them even further from identifying with each other or acknowledging their brotherhood rooted in coming from the same background and nationality. They commenced to do everything they could to convince whites that they were different and not like the rest of them. They made a public call for a disavowalment of each other and released all bonds and claimed no connection or responsibility for the actions and behaviors of other black men. The house Negro and the field Negro had come to their final party. On examination of the 10 major choices that broadly describe the lifestyle selections made by black men 30 to 45 years ago, it is clear that few of their choices fostered retention of black culture, 
nor reinforcement of African values or traditions. No guidelines were developed or substantiated from one generation to the next. It is incredulous for the black man to now accept his son to respect or love their blackness or to be conscious of what their foreparents endured since he did not teach it to him. Deeper analogy of this crucial oversight is detailed in other chapters. This brief conspectus is only a primary dissection to demonstrate how each lifestyle choice the black man made 30 years ago moved him further and further away from opportunities to establish a definite positive identity for himself. And he has been floundering since that time, trying to settle on a description of who he is and everybody else is waiting to find out too. It is time to look at the original tactics used to manipulate him into forgetting his identity during his initial enslavement, during a time when he was treated as a prisoner of war without the Geneva Convention. The slave master used a two-level process to force the black man into developing amnesia so he could be a tool for labor. labor. We will stop there at page 38, and we will pick back up with those um, original tactics.